tis the freaking season. For? For uh, eggnog and... Yes. And more eggnog and eggnog <laughs> flavored ice cream, which I had for the first time last night, and good lord. How was it? It's basically just frozen eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like frozen eggnog, but it had like... Uh, cinnamon and rum flavored ripple throughout it oh my gosh man so so because there's different ice cream flavors that are out there but there's like say dill pickle ice cream that's an interesting flavor mixed with ice cream and some would argue if it works or not but does the eggnog ice cream work oh absolutely okay okay, yeah like i said like you open it up you smell it you look at like the color of it like i think it's just frozen nog is really all it is yeah no excellent excellent top notch (laughs) Um, but tis the season for Christmas and other seasonal holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and tis the season for Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And Christmas there's, and there's... holiday movies sometimes, depending on, you know, the movies can sometimes be kind of more wintry seasonally, you know, but regardless, yep. they're still yep. seasonally appropriate. Yep. And, um, and there's a, there's a, there's a, a lot of Christmas and holiday <laughs> movies. And so it can be hard to know which ones are the best. Mm. So yeah. One might argue there's no way to know. Uh, well, I feel pretty good about the fact that my list is the definitive list, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but hello and welcome. <laughs> hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. I am Peter. That is Brady. And we are here today to try and not necessarily find out what the best holiday or Christmas movies are, but more so just to share what our top ones are, as you can tell by the the title of the episode, where we'll go through some personal favorites of ours. Some might be expected, anticipated, some might be off the grid, so to speak, but... uh, I, I am very excited about this. These episodes are a fun way for uh, the listener to get to know us, for us to get to know mm-hmm. each other, and mm-hmm. maybe to get off on some bunny trails to talk about something that just comes up randomly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, we're going to, we'll oh, go, yeah. we'll each we'll each say our number five, we'll each say our number four, number three, yep. and yep. then uh, and then we've got some honorable mentions, and uh then, uh, then we'll talk about what we watched in the last week, and then we'll send you off to go dance with sugar plums and, <laughs> and things of the like. So, without further ado, are you ready? Very. We have very. not discussed who goes first. No. No, we're unprepared. <laughs> uh, what are you feeling? I don't know. How would you like to proceed? All right. I could lead things off. I'll All lead right. Things off. All right. All right. All right. At number five, working our way forward. Number five, I've got the 2006 film, The Holiday. Now, it's- This is uh, appropriate because you were just talking about films that are holiday films <laughs> and maybe somewhat appropriate, but not actually Christmas movies, so I'm Yeah, uh, I, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's Christmas-related enough, but- uh, no, uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah. N- certainly not- Christmas related enough for our voters over the last three years, but that's neither here nor there. And I will yeah. poke fun at you and obliterate your hopes and dreams much more when we come to actually record that episode. It's it's an ep- it's a voting option that gets such a strong response and never wins. Like it's so so like I was scrolling back through all our Twitter or uh, um, Instagram votes 
And it seems like every Christmas it's a voting option. So we've had like probably six Christmas episodes. And I think it's been a voting option in like four or five of them. And the reason it keeps coming back is because it gets a strong response and yet just doesn't quite win. It's definitely become the underdog of our Christmas votes (laughs) that just has not yet. The climax where the underdog succeeds has just not happened Mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. But there's not a whole lot to say with the holiday. You know, is it perfect? No, I will be the first to admit it's it's got its limitations, but it's heartwarming. It's funny and cute, and it's entertaining enough that it brings you back, maybe not every Christmas to watch, but every other Christmas. And, you know, it's got a lot of stars in it. You got Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet. And as, um, as was pointed out to me by a mutual friend of the show, Emily, you got Jack Black, who has a pretty unique role in this film compared to some of his other roles. I'd say King Kong 2005 is a superior role for him, but I would say they're both cut of the same cloth of unique roles, kind of contrast to what he had been in prior to this, and are good, heartwarming roles, or at least in this case, it's heartwarming. He's kind of a scumbag in King Kong, but he, he yeah. plays dynamically different roles than what we're, we're used to. So, mm-hmm. you know, I watched The Holiday. It's corny. It, but it still has its moments, and it's entertaining and fun and light. And you walk away from it, from it, going, "Yeah, that was corny, but I feel a bit happier about the world right now." Right. Okay. Cool. Cool. What do you have at number five? So my number five, I messaged you earlier today, and I said I have a surprise on my <laughs> list, and and you took a guess, and your guess um, was not the film that I was. Referring to when I said I have a surprise. Um, My surprise for you, and this was something, listen, I struggled with this. I've debated this because I wanted to rule out a recency bias because it's a very real thing. Right. Okay. It's like and we talk about that all the time. Like when when mm. we came, you know, we'll come out of a, a Star Wars movie or an MCU mm-hmm. movie. Yep. And the initial response is, well, I think this is my favorite one. And <laughs> yeah, you're sure. like, but I but I got to like I got to sit with it for a bit because it's too yeah. fresh. It's too but, fresh yeah. for me to be mm-hmm. able to say that. Yep. So. I've sat with this for a little bit now because I really want, I wanted to analyze it and really figure out like, is this an accurate contender for my number five slot Hmm. or is it just so recent that I'm like, "Mm, you know, this is the best thing ever. No. (laughs) Um, My number five slot is a film that I saw for the first time, like three days ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's my surprise is that it's it's I watched a Christmas movie and then analyzed it and rewatched parts of it on YouTube hmm. and got myself to the point where I was able to say yes, this is worthy of a slot. I've never heard such stranger things, right? Um, my number five top Christmas movie. <laughs> Is spirited. Oh, the Ryan wait, Reynolds, what? Will Ferrell, Christmas movie. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. No, listen, we sat down to watch it, and I'm not a big Will Ferrell person. No, okay. Um, but he's fantastic in this. Hmm. Like it's it's. You know, I would say, and I know what a hot topic this is, but I would say it's the best Will Ferrell Christmas movie. Oh, okay. Yep. 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 Wow, that out is Elf. a hot take. Yeah. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it has Ryan Reynolds, so no wonder. I love Ryan love Reynolds. It. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Right. And it is, it's a, it's a take on, it's sort of a, 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 not a parody. It tries to take the tale of um, A Christmas Carol. Okay. And flips it on its head. Right. So without any spoilers, like yeah. what they kind of give you in the trailer is that um, the 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 whole sort of operation that happened to Ebenezer Scrooge, hmm. that, that that is real. That was a real tale that happened. Okay. Okay. Um, and those ghosts, this operation kind of went into business after that and and they've they have picked a jerk every <laughs> christmas ever since and done the same thing they're in the redeeming jerks business right <laughs> and and so you know 2022 comes along and Ryan Reynolds is the the CEO of this basically like a a public relations firm PR advertising type firm that plays pretty dirty and and um you know sort of orchestrates scandals and feuds and all kind all all in the name of like boosting revenue for people and like right. he, he's just he's scum right yep. Yep. and uh and yeah these he gets visited by three ghosts and and you know there's some fun, some really amazingly fun twists. Hmm. Um, but what caught me off guard the most is like, so it's a musical. Oh, okay. And there's a couple of songs in it where it's just someone, you know, walking around their office, singing, looking out the window, kind of a bit of a ballad type thing. Hmm. Um, but the big musical numbers in this movie, which there's like four or five of them, are not only um not only musical numbers but like dance numbers and huh. dance numbers in such a way that all of a sudden the camera is you know whatever set they're in whether it's an office building or it's the street or whatever it is they the number of dancers like it's 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 it, it the thing becomes a Broadway musical all of a sudden, hmm. in that the dancers are dan- like it's there's a lot of tap like in unison like think kind of Hamilton, hmm. in a lot of ways with like the synchronized like you know fifteen people doing the same moves, um, right, right, and and so that happens and the all of a sudden like during that number the camera angles will only be from the fourth wall forward so it hmm. it it looks and it's not shot like um all of a sudden it's not shot like a, a, a movie would be shot it's shot like a, a filming of a stage adaptation Hmm. And they'll have stage lighting and all of us, you know, the maybe like they'll have, yeah, like actual stage lighting that you can see. And and there'll be, you know, the balconies that people will be um, hanging off of on the sides, singing, you know, balconies in the street or whatever. They'll be they'll cut to like close ups of them. And there's like there's like lights mounted to it and there's like cables hmm. being run and stuff like it it's like all of it it is just becomes a broadway show 
That's cool. And then that ends and we're back into the movie that's shot like a normal cinematic adventure. Hmm. Hmm. Anyways, this movie took both Brianna and I by surprise. I was looking (laughs) forward to it. Sure. The trailers looked fantastic. Um, but it totally, totally, totally blew my expectations out of the water. I mm. highly recommend it. We're going to watch it probably at least once more before <laughs> December's over. Sure. Um, it is, yeah, if you like musicals, if you huh. like musical theater specifically, like Broadway-style Hamilton-level musical theater, mm-hmm. um, and and a fun sort of completely new spin on mm. a Charles Dickens tale. Interesting. This movie is is totally for you. Totally for you. It's so good. It is so good. Hmm. So my number five slot is Spirited. There's a lot to break down there, because that all sounds really interesting. And I'm looking at the cast list, and it looks equally as interesting. I'm. This explains a reel that I saw on Instagram of Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell dancing to get like in a rehearsal. And now I understand what they were rehearsing for. Yeah. Um, And and Will Ferrell can like, I mean, none of them are like Emmy winners, but Will Ferrell can sing. Good for him. Like they're singing in it. And I'm like, I'm not, (laughs) I don't hate the sound of his voice singing. That's respectable. And they're not like easy songs. They're Broadway level musical numbers. And that's a very fun twist on a film because I can only think of maybe like one or two films that do that kind of let's make this into a stage production. And it's just the 2012 ish or 2011 uh, Anna Karina with uh, with a lot of notable names, but it's a very different tone of a film, like very somber, very depressing. Yeah, not a not an uplifting Christmas or holiday themed film. And my point is, it's a very unique film decision, but it's not done a lot. Yeah, no, it's so, man. I I'm I, I implore th- you to watch it, and I and when you do, I hope like I look forward to hearing from you. Sure, and I'm interested in it as well. Those are my first two thoughts on it. My third will be interested to hear if it holds up, like if next Christmas, if next Christmas still, I feel the same. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, it, very just well sort of weeding it. out that recency bias. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. All right, on to number four. And for me, number four is Home Alone 2. Uh, obviously, everyone's familiar with uh, Home Alone, Macaulay Culkin, uh, all the, the cats and dogs who are in that film. Uh, you know, it's a cliche answer, but it's a good one. And I really enjoy number two. I would almost even put it over number one, um, but I didn't. And or at least oh. not in this case. Yeah, Ooh. giving away some spoilers there. Ooh. I think what does number Home Alone two in for me is there's just a little bit of a bit or sequence with uh, the wet bandits that goes a bit too far, uh, involving electrocution. I, I was yeah, I was just gonna say, and yeah. it just you know I love I love some of the themes in Home Alone two even more than the original. And I like some like the of the turtle heart- doves and the turtle doves and some of the heartwarming moments. And even just the backdrop of being in Manhattan, just because, and, and it, Tim you know, Curry. And absolutely. And so just, there's some elements to number two, and I'm not going to give away about number one, but just the things that separate it and 
differentiate it and as a sequel it's great but there's just some things like i said that just kind of leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth going that's still a good movie still in my top five still enjoy it but it's not quite at the top just some things that make if you've had food recently it just unsettles your stomach so uh fair still solid still enjoy it number four home alone two all right uh, my number four is a film that you and I have reviewed in the past, a, a winner of a previous Christmas vote. Interesting. Uh, and that's Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <sighs> yes. I w- if it's not our first seasonal film that we reviewed, it was in the first year that we it, were doing It's pretty podcast. early it's on, an, yeah. It's an OG episode. Yeah. This, I mean, it's just so iconic. Right, whether it's it's the the light with all the house or the, the light with all the houses, the house <laughs> with all the lights on it, or the egg drinking the eggnog out of the moose glasses, or you know cousin Eddie, the the iconic you know Merry Christmas shitters full <laughs> line, or you know just like there's so much <laughs> for me about this film that is iconic and wonderful and. And I don't know, it just, like, it goes back to an era of comedy that we don't really have a lot of anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. some pretty wild things happen in it, but it's just like, it's a Christmas comedy centered around one family, mostly takes place within the house, right? Like, it's it's just this, you know, and then the neighbors, right? Why is the stereo all wet, Margot? <laughs> I don't know. Right? Like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's so, <laughs> I don't know. Christmas Vacation, it's one I grew up with, probably yep. from an age younger than really I should have been watching it. Sure. Um, but I blame my mom for that. And... <laughs> You're not alone. I think a I'll, lot of kids grew up with it. I'll get I'll get a message in the next forty eight hours from her. <laughs> like she's like, I don't think you were that young when you said or like with something. She'll try to defend herself. Um, <laughs> and you'll but, just say thanks for listening, Ma. Yeah, thanks thanks a lot, Mom. <laughs> um, yeah, it, Christmas vacation, man. It's just it's one I look forward to every year. I never get sure. sick of watching it. It never mm. fails to make me laugh out loud, like have visceral laugh out loud sure moments yep um and it's just a lot of fun and it's mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. i think something that it does so well something that um that nothing else on my list really taps into is as ridiculous and over the top as it is so much of the film is a sort of exaggerated parody kind of commentary on the average dysfunctional family Christmas. And Mm. there's bits and pieces in it, you know, whether it's, whether it's the squabbling of family when the family shows up or it's the, the overcooking of the Turkey, like whatever it is, there are moments in this film that to some extent, most of us can, can draw from their own personal past christmases and go yeah okay yep that's 
That's kind of how it went in my house too, right? Like just moments of it, not the whole, like obviously if, if this whole film is a representation of your Christmases, then that's, you know, but maybe it was, you know, your dad cussing and swearing while he was trying to unravel Christmas lights and figure mm. out which bulb was causing none of them, you know, like yeah. it's, it's just little thing or, or going with the family to go cut down the tree and freezing as you're you know, trouncing through the field to go find the perfect, like there's just, there's something in this that I think is relatable to everybody. Um, Mm. And that's what makes it, I think, I think that's what gives it the warm, fuzzy Christmas feeling for me. Mm. So yeah. Number four is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's a fair and solid point. I was talking with someone briefly about their favorite Christmas films because I was trying to like use them as a soundboard and say, did I forget anything? Or, you know, what is a common one? And that is one that came up. And I I get why people bring it up. Like you described a scene to me and I laughed out loud. It's got moments that I find funny. I just didn't grow up with it. And so I'm just not no. the biggest fan of it. And that's just... That's just me. I, I, I would admit that I think I'm an outlier because I think a lot of people not only like it, but it's right. one of those, hey, it's Christmas time. Let's throw it in the TV and all have a good laugh together. And, and that's just not me. But I, I totally yeah. get where people are coming from. Now, you did just say something that I want to comment on, um, Please. which was the looking at lists. And I meant to, I made a note mm. to say this at the beginning of the episode and I didn't. Sure. My list I may, like in the past when we've done top mm. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like scouring lists on the internet and I'm like, sure. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting something and so on right. and so forth. I didn't do that this time and I didn't do it very intentionally mm. um, because I wanted this list instead of like going through and finding out like, okay, oh yeah, I forgot about that Christmas movie. That Christmas movie is actually really fantastic for a lot of reasons like X, Y, and Z. I wanted my list to be if someone says you have five Christmas movies you can watch this year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What are the five that immediately, like, what does my heart tell me? Yes. What are the ones? Because whatever Mm. ones are going to pop into my head, whatever ones I'm going to feel anxious about if I don't get a chance to watch it, Mm. those are the ones on the list. And then once I have those five, Mm -hmm. then I just need to figure out the order and and it was yeah. it was easy i started with number one and i'm like okay if i can only watch one what's it gonna be okay if mm. i get a chance to watch a second one what is it going to be right it's a so. very heart-based bias-based emotional-based list but that's what it's supposed to be it's not yeah. supposed to be an intellectual conversation of saying you know what the scrooge mcduck christmas special yeah. is a this real one won an award and yeah you know. it's like no if you have only have one night What's one film you're going to watch? Okay, maybe if you have two nights, what two? Yeah, yeah and that's exactly exactly our point with this, and it's a good point. It's uh, yeah, sweet. It's it's very, very emotional-based. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and at number three, I have... Let me just see what year it came out. I've got a movie. It's in black and white, and it's a musical romance. It's from... 1942 and it's called holiday Inn. it's uh it's got a few I've people i've never in it. heard of it yeah I, I am so happy about that it's got bing crosby Your number three slot holy my crap. number three okay. slot it's wow. uh it's got bing crosby fred astaire those would be the mainstays the iconic uh names in the film i think i've heard and of them 
it's <laughs> it's uh it's a bit of a cheat i mean if we were it's it's literally it's a musical and they've got a musical component that is about most holidays so there's like i mean if we were having our top easter movies i maybe could have used this film if we were having like our top fourth of july movie you know like it's it's not exclusively christmas but it's got some iconic christmas moments and it's centered around the christmas holiday and new year's holiday and it's a movie that i watch at christmas time so it's it's therefore on this list and it's number three i i enjoy it one because i i've grown up with it and it's something i've continued to watch with uh, friends and family and I love it just from a sentimental perspective but I've also grown to love it kind of from an intellectual you know like a, a theoretical like a print out of principle perspective just because you've got this these two iconic stars at the time with Fred Astaire being kind of like the king of dance and Bing Crosby the you know the the the, the singer like and they both are like the champions or the the gold standards of their craft and you have them combining and even their characters are playing off those motifs of like just kind of conflicting with each other and you've got a bit of a love triangle at times with them kind of just trying to compete for the same love interest so you've got something that I feel is like iconic of Hollywood at the time mixed with uh, a seasonal heartwarming story and it's just got great musical numbers iconic musical numbers and you know it's from the 40s so there's things there's there's tropes that maybe haven't aged completely well but it is from the 40s and you know uh, it is what it is, but it's still uh, 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 a staple in my house and I want that is one that without a doubt is watched at least once every December um, and it can be a bit before Christmas, it can even be leading up to New Year's, but it is watched, and that is number three on my list. That's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. I I feel like I I feel a duty <laughs> to check this out now. A call of duty. Yeah. <laughs> what um, is your number three? Okay. My number three is the first home alone. Oh, right on, bro. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, if you have a top five Christmas movie list and either Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2 don't make the list, <laughs> you need to revise your list. <laughs> right? I mean, just every, like, it's, it's, what can I say that hasn't already been said about Home Alone? Sure. Right? It's, it's iconic. It's, there's no, whereas, like, some, some movies out there that some people might say, um, and not to pick on you, but like the holiday no. would be an example. Yep. Um, yep. Th- there is no, this isn't a Christmas movie. Mm. No, no one can say that. Right. Yep. Like it is, it is yep. Christmas through and through the family's yep. away for Christmas. He's setting up the Christmas tree. It happens. The, the, the big showdown happens Christmas Eve. Like mm. it, you know, it's, it's just through and through. It's a Christmas film. Hmm. Um, but I mean, Joe Pesci and, <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, something, I was going to say Howard Stern, but it's definitely not Howard Stern. <laughs> um, something Stern. What's, um, oh, oh no. Yeah. Uh, it's, home. uh, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Yeah. yeah like, uh, yeah, obviously Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara. John, yeah. John Candy. John like, I didn't is, realize 
I'm looking at the IMDb IMDb list, and I didn't realize Macaulay Culkin's brother played one of the McAllister cousin. cousins. Yeah, that's plays the cousin that's going to wet the bed because he drank oh, too much. Oh, that's him. Yeah. I wasn't sure which cousin. Interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, all of that. You've got yeah. the fact that it's a John Hughes film, mm. directed by Chris Columbus. Right. Like, yeah, it is. You know, composed by John Williams. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> the music alone, like how many? You know, you'll mm-hmm. see this all the time in 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 Hollywood, where you know they've released a trailer for something, but the the score for that film, it's the first trailer, and the score of that film isn't out yet, so they like borrow <laughs> the score from a different movie. Mm-hmm. Um for that first trailer this is this is a the theme for this is something that's been borrowed a hundred times and unlike other films in in this christmas list like you know you could play music from christmas vacation and people like oh yeah it sounds christmassy um you could play music from from you know any of these other films and you're like yeah it's you know it's a christmas song you know the Home Alone, in in terms of like Christmas music, I would say the Home Alone theme song is like up there in the same category as like the Nutcracker Suite. Like it, it is just so it instantly transports you to cri- the night of Christmas Eve, and something's afoot, and and it's just like. I don't know, man. Home Alone, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, it's it's iconic. It is. It's just so iconic. You you can't you know like it or dislike it. And I know a couple of people who dislike it, and somehow I'm still their friends. I don't think Emily Mater likes Home Alone. That sounds familiar. I don't. I think know she why only I saw that. it for the first time in the last couple of years. That sounds familiar. And I actually, I think she would argue. I think she would argue that it's not a Christmas movie. This all sounds familiar, and I'm having like deja vu of like rage—not actual rage, but just and it's concern. It's, just, it's literally one of those "I love you anyways" kind of things <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Home Alone is is iconic. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's funny. It's got great morals and and like messages in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of like the perfect coming together of of all the different things. I thought you were going to say coming of age story. Uh, well, you know, maybe. I don't in know. Way, about that. He he I realizes he, he realizes he's Kevin McAllister certainly got growth. Of course, of course. In the film, right? He comes out realizing that you shouldn't wish your family away. Mhm. Until you, know? you do it again a couple of years later. Until you do it the next Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, in my number three slot is, is the 1990 film Home Alone. Very cool. My number two slot will be a brief one because it is also Home Alone. Uh, and for many of the reasons you said, and I, like I said, I had some trouble deciding where I would rank Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 1. And, you know, Home Alone 2, it's got an iconic cast, like you said, and that would be a leg up on Home Alone 1. You would think... Uh, Rob Schneider, I forgot to mention him. He's in the second one. Tim Curry, you mentioned yeah. that. 
all the carryovers, the nice thing that at this point in the series, they didn't lose a lot of carryovers. You know, the Wet Bandits all came back and Mom and Dad came back. And I think that something I found unique about Home Alone 2 is the backdrop of New York is so different than the first one. Because the first one takes place in Chicago, but it really could have taken place, you know, in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Like, you know, for it's just a residential home and a boy who's home alone. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But New York spins it. Why I put Home Alone number one ahead is, you know, I, we talked about what turned me off that moment in Home Alone 2. But the soundtrack is the OG soundtrack. So although they're both great, they're both iconic, Home Alone 1 came first. And the final thing that I'll stop on here is this, the John Candy element in Home Alone 1, because it's, it is a cameo role in a way, like it's not a role that he's in it throughout the film, but he's in it and he's hilarious and he's heartwarming at the same time. And in a Canadian, he's a Canadian icon. So that hits our, that tickles our funny bone a little bit. And I, I just love his sequences and his bits and he this transitional point where the mom is just distraught as any mother would be in that situation. And in a comedy where you do as a screenwriter, as a director, as, as et cetera, you try and find the balance of how do I keep this light? How do I keep this fun with still keeping the accuracy of a parent who's distraught and who's going through this? And I find John Candy is just a great balance, and he's just uh, he's just so great in that role. And so that's why all those reasons I put Home Alone one just a smidge above, and it is my number two. Like it said, it's iconic, and quite clearly it is, as we both put it in our top five, and we both grew up with it. That helps too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my number two slot, mm-hmm. and this is an interesting one because it's one that. Um, I don't want to say too much. I kind of need to. I kind of need to spread out the information that I have. Interesting. For this one. My number two all-time Christmas movie. Yeah. Is the Muppets Christmas Carol? Oh, interesting. It's got great music. It's yeah. A film that is dedicated to Jim Henson. It's the first Muppets film since Hmm. the passing of Jim Henson. Oh, interesting. You've got all your original fantastic cast and the addition of Michael Caine. (laughs) Michael Caine. Right? And here's the thing. And this was something I, you know, I sat down. It's interesting that I have at least two Scrooge-related entries in my list. Yep. And it's something that kind of got me thinking. You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, that's really fascinating. And I was like, I really enjoy, like, unless it was really awful, I think you could put any rendition of A Christmas Carol in front of me and I would be like, I, I, how do you, how do you not just think this is great? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the iconic. So, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find an up-to-date accurate number. And obviously this number has gone up by a couple anyways, but as of 2016, taking into account films, TV shows, TV TV movies, um, and and the like, Mm -hmm. there are 135 (laughs) adaptations of A Christmas Carol. That's wild. (laughs) 135. Oh, man. And in what world do we live in where 
many people, not everyone, certainly, but many people. And as a result, an argument could be made that this is true. At hmm. least, I, I mean, it's it's always going to be a subjective thing, but... Of course, of course. What world do we live in where there's 135 <laughs> adaptations <laughs> mm-hmm. of a Charles Dickens classic, hmm. right? Next to, like, the nativity story, arguably <laughs> the most well-known Christmas story out there. Hmm. And an argument could be made, and many, many, many people would make an argument that out of the 135-plus adaptations that's been done, the best one that we've gotten <laughs> is the one that the Muppets did. It's That's a bold statement, for sure. For sure. It, it's a bold statement. Like I said, I, I, I'm yeah. almost certain that you would not agree. Um, I certainly. I'm not sure I would disagree for the for the sake of the argument, but I but I right, know what you're saying. But it but it's interesting. Like you at least yeah. it, you you at least can concede that it's certainly a contender. That it would right. Like, it's not like saying it's not like saying Titanic two is the best film ever made about the Titanic. best Titanic film. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like, like okay, like you know, yeah, if I can't get on board with it being the best, mm-hmm, I, I yeah. can't I can't say that it's not in the top ten in the top. You can five. have a. You can absolutely have a discussion about it. Like it's yeah. a, it's it makes you think. That yeah. Statement. Where where yeah okay so then then the way I'll say it I'll revise it and I'll say oh, sure. in the conversation of the greatest adaptation of sure. yeah. the Christmas Carol with a hundred and thirty five plus adaptations, <laughs> the Muppets at least have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. They're in the room, and it's just it's so mind blowing to me. That that's the key. I think it's the best Muppets film that we have, hmm. and and yeah, it just like it warms my heart from start to finish. <laughs> it's more of a bare bones, like being a Muppets thing. It's not the longest Christmas Carol that we have, and sure, it certainly but- bypasses some parts of the you know bypasses some of the locations that each ghost sure. takes him to. But that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Because sometimes longer is not better, of and I'm course. not. I'm in no way am I saying this improves on the story of Christmas no, Carol. No, no, like that's, no, no. You know, yep. but a Muppets, the Muppets Christmas Carol is just for me in terms of Christmas Muppets and the Christmas a Christmas Carol. <laughs> it's perfection. It is. It is perfection. So my number mm. two slot is the Muppets Christmas Carol, which. Letting the cat out of the bag. Mm-hmm. We're going to review in like a week's or two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Um, having once again beaten out the holiday. <laughs> I even the Muppets. Even the Muppets yeah. <laughs> beat out the holiday. Man. Actually, to add insult to injury. Oh. Add insult to injury. Let me pull mm-hmm. up the numbers here because I, I know it didn't beat it. Let me pull mm-hmm. up the numbers here because I just i i don't want to i don't want to make a statement that's going to make me seem <laughs> like I haven't done my homework. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. boop a doo doo. Man, you and I talk too much. There's okay. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't a huge margin mm-hmm. that the holiday beat out Ernest P. Worrell by. Mm. 
They definitely beat it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But not by a huge margin. Sure. So I just, you know, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see the holiday lose again next year. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm uh, saying. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. You know, it, it's still fun to see it get a good response. Oh, yeah, for sure. My final top five, otherwise known as number one, is a film that there's a carryover between a previous film that was on my list. At number one, I have uh, another musical romance from 1954 this time. And the carryover is Irving Berlin. It is White Christmas starring... Uh, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, related to George Clooney distantly. I forget how they're either cousins or aunts or something like that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, George George Clooney is 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 the aunt. Yeah, <laughs> I did I did read that somewhere. <laughs> and uh, rounded out by Vera Ellen. You know, so again, a lot of things played into this decision. One. Yeah, this has been, I've grown up with it and it's a tradition that's continued. So obviously the sentimental component is there and it is, it, it's a musical, so it's fun, but because of the time period it came out, it's post-war and it's very quaint, it's very simple and it's very heartwarming. It's not overly complex. It's just two guys who are friends and the are uh, meet in the army after the, the during the army they say you know what if we get out of this let's let's become musical talents let's 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 do something we love they get out of the war they become singers and dancers traveling the country as, as quite a famous duo and then they meet uh, a, a pair of sisters and they're both coinc- conveniently romantically interested in separate sisters it's not like they're both interested in the same one but uh, it, it's just simple and quaint. They, they all end up at a ski resort together, and it's just, you know, an, a couple hours of, you know, heartwarming moments of of these guys doing empathetic things to uh, the old army general who owns the inn, and the they're also wanting to win over the affections of these women, and it's just got fun musical numbers, the choreography's great, there's a song specifically kind of third, breaking the third wall here about choreography, and, you know... I, again, like I said, it's very simple, it's quaint, so it doesn't try to do too much because of, of what they're trying to talk about and the post-war era. And it's just, it makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside and you go, hey, you know what? This is this is a fun film and it, it is just, it is watched at least once yearly, sometimes twice. And um, it's, uh, it's growing. I can already see it growing in our family. You know, sometimes I'll... Uh, play some of the musical numbers, whether it actually be on a television screen or on the Google Google Puck in the kitchen, and uh, my three year old dances up a storm to it. So it's it, the the generation has legs, so to speak, or the 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 tradition has legs and is growing into the next generation, so to speak. So that is a personal favorite of mine, quite easily number one of all the films on this list that kind of edged and ebbed and flowed and moved around a bit and was nipped and tucked this was always at number one and it stayed there white christmas nice. 1954 nice nice mm-hmm. i like it 
And I also actually, and it's in color, which is a big difference. I don't mind the black and white of Holiday Inn, but just the vibrant colors that are used also as costume pieces and set pieces and uh, and dresses and, and attire also is just a fun, 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 fun film. Cool. Now, what is your number one? Uh, so if you've been listening to our show for any <laughs> period of time, my number one should be no surprise to anyone. Do you dare to venture a guess? Well, I'm actually like, now I'm overthinking it because I'm like, I have no idea. I'm trying to think here because I'm, I'm looking. Okay, so you've done Home Alone. You've done Muppets. You've done Christmas Vacation. You've done Spirited. I think that the only thing that is left for you would be Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not happening. Is um, it? <laughs> it, for me, this was a no-brainer. This was the yep. one that I didn't have to do any shuffling for. Right. Yeah. Um, because for me, and I, I, you know, aside from like I've made all my arguments for this movie before, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but for me, it's not Christmas Eve unless I'm watching the 2000 Jim Carrey Grinch. Oh, yeah. And I just I can't, you know, I can't explain it. Like, you know, it's a combination of, of the Grinch being another iconic Christmas story. Mm-hmm. This being my favorite rendition of it. Yep. The world that they create. The fact that, like, you know, for me, the closer you get to Christmas, the more, like, earlier on in, in the Christmas season, you can watch, like, you know, Ben Affleck surviving <laughs> Christmas and you can sure. watch, like, all these other things. The closer you get to Christmas, the more Christmas magic needs to be sort of a part of the movie that you're watching. Mm. Right? So that's when something like Christmas with the Cranks would come yes. in. Because yep. you get like that guy at the end is like, is he? He's, I think that's the real Santa, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it does not get much more magical than just the world that Ron Howard created in his Whoville. Hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's, I can quote the whole movie. Like mm. I'm, it's irritating to watch with me because I know every line. <laughs> And I am often saying them out loud. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, for me, it's just iconic. Like there is no other, I will sit, I, I'm, I'm not flexible when it comes to what I'm watching Christmas Eve. The rest mm. of the year, or rest of the, the Christmas season, holiday season, yeah, you know, okay, well, yeah, sure, we'll watch that. We'll watch this other one some other night. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I watch before I go to bed Christmas Eve in order to instill all of that like warm, fuzzy childhood Christmas magic feeling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is, is this film. Hmm. So it's, it's gotta be my favorite because it's the only one that's like, (laughs) I'm not willing to waver on. It's the only one Mm -hmm. that I'm like, you know, years have gone by where I don't, not many, but years have gone by where I don't get around to watching home alone. Yes. Yep. Um, years have gone by where I don't get around to watching the Muppets Christmas Carol. Those are sad, depressing, dismal years, but it happens. <laughs> but you'd be hard pressed to find a year where I'm not squeezing in the Grinch, man. <laughs> yep. And if and if that year does happen, I wake up 
the next morning and I'm just like, I, I'm not into it and I don't know why. I don't feel it. I don't feel the the magic. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So that's um very good. That's my number one. What um talk to me about some honorable mentions though. What okay. almost made your list? Yeah, I'll run through them quick because there's about seven. Uh the Grinch twenty eighteen was a solid pick, but it's that was the very bottom. Next Boo. up <laughs> the next up was the snowman nineteen eighty two. Not necessarily Christmas per se, but wintry, and I it always was on at Christmas, at least in my house, and I found it a little depressing as a kid, so that's why I didn't make it into my top five. If, if I don't watch it and I don't cry as a result of it, then that's probably for the best. Twelfth, uh, I put Die Hard. You know, a solid movie, a Christmas movie, I will argue till I'm blue in the face, but it's not a movie that I need to watch every year, just on occasion. Uh, 11th was Christmas. All right. Well, thanks for listening. (laughs) 11th was Christmas with the cranks. You know, I'm not, I've never been in the Tim Allen, uh, Christmas movie fan camp and it's not out of protest. It's just, I didn't grow up with the films, but that's a heartwarming one that I have grown up with now, I guess over the last 10 years, more in my adult years. And I've gotten uh, an appreciation for it. Uh, Number 10 is the 1966 The Grinch. Uh, Number 9 was Jingle All the Way, which I grew up with, which... Put the um, cookie down. (laughs) We could have a whole podcast with quotable lines for that movie. It is so good. Uh, You know, and just as a side note, I feel like that was the only film I was exposed to of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so I thought... When I thought of Arnold Schwarzenegger, I thought, okay, 99% of his movies are him just doing like action and flexing muscles and whatever. And then there's like the one film where he just plays like a normal dad and a normal guy. And then when we watched, um, oh, what was that movie with Jamie Lee Curtis? Oh, it's a spy movie. We reviewed it. True Lies. Yeah, Carl Eastman's going to kill me for not remembering it. True Lies. You know, when I saw True Lies and some other things that I'm hearing from other films that he's in, uh, it's just, it's an appreciation now for Arnold going, hey, like, there's this other side of Arnold that he's been in movies 20, 30 years ago that I personally just need to discover and that are fun. But regardless, jingle all the way. Fun, grown up with. Number eight, Elf. Um, You know, when I saw it in theaters 20 years ago, I thought it was meh, mid at best. And about for the first 10 years, I thought it was pedestrian. And then I started warming up to it. And now it's kind of, you know, I'm okay with it. It's not the best, obviously. It's just a runner up. But I've, it's at the point where if someone's watching it and I'm walking by, I'll stop and sit with them till it's over. I've, I've come to appreciate its sentimental elements. It's, it's always fallen in the same category for me as like Avatar. Oh, so it's good. It it it's you know I can acknowledge that it's good, but I don't sure. get the hype. Yeah, and you know I I definitely as much as I've grown to appreciate it, I don't think it's the best or amazing, but it's adequate. It's adequate. Uh, a number seven is uh, a film that we reviewed a couple one or two years ago with friend of the show Stefan called Love Actually. Um, and you know some people might argue it's not Christmas per se, just holiday. And that's fine. But, you know, the star power in it, the, the heartwarming moments, the comedy, it, it, it touches a bit on everything that it uh, appeals to a lot of different genres, a lot of different fans of those genres. So it's it's a fun, fun, uh, fun movie. I would, I would say it's more Christmas than something like The Holiday. 
Yeah, you could absolutely have that. Right, argument. they're like Christmas shopping. There's like a Christmas yeah. recital. Like it's. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And then my number six is the the what I'll really hang my hat on that really almost made the list is uh, there's a couple TV shows and so you get a unique opportunity with long standing sitcoms so not like a show that lasted a year or two but a year that lasted uh, mm, the Office was a long time a long time maybe six seven eight seasons and Frasier was eleven seasons so when you've got a show. Shows, two shows that combined like 18 years, or I'm trying to do math, though, 11 plus, you know, 18 or 19 years of screen time. You have almost a dozen Christmas feature episodes of those said shows. And so I'm counting that as my final runner up. You know, I do find that there's Christmases where I'll watch all the Christmas episodes of The Office or I'll watch all the Christmas episodes of Frasier. And again, because of this unique opportunity where there are like so many seasons, when you've got like five or six episodes of Christmas-themed story, it is almost of the equivalent of content that a Christmas movie would be. Like you've got a couple hours for each show. So believe it or not, that is what the highest runner-up was for me. Office-themed episodes of Frasier and Christmas. Or sorry, no. Frasier and Christmas. Frasier and The Office. Both iconic shows for me. Both um, fun shows for me. And I, I do find myself watching them at the Christmas holiday season. What made your runner-up list? And I, there better be one in there, because I was surprised it didn't make in there make it in there. So I'm, I'll be interested to hear. Um, and I think I know what it is, and mm-hmm. it's not in there. Okay. Um, okay. Simply because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Hmm. Does that track so far? So far, so far. Um, but it's, it's, and I would argue that it's a Christmas movie, but I don't know that I've ever watched it at Christmas. Mm. Like, okay. it's so watchable all year round. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, if it's August and you're watching Jim Carrey's Grinch, it just, <laughs> it doesn't feel right. <laughs> so that one, I'm assuming we're talking about Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't make the list. And neither did Ni- uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Just because okay, yeah. I was yeah. like, you know, I could watch those anytime. Sure. Anytime. Sure. Um, and they're not, it doesn't feel wrong to me if Christmas comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And I haven't given them a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, what is interesting about sort of our two lists here mm-hmm. is that some of yours, many of yours, um, are films that you didn't necessarily grow up with that you discovered mm. as an adult right things like mm. the 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 office right sure. you weren't five <laughs> and watching that no. um the holiday right yeah um whereas with the exception of spirited which i just saw like mm. three days ago mm-hmm. um nothing on my list all of my runner-ups are childhood movies Interesting, and the re- and so was the rest of like my main list. So I I find that interesting that like my, for me a Christmas movie is like something I grew up with, hmm. and I think again it's all like Christmas movies to me are about like harking back to and recapturing that childhood Christmas magic. Hmm. So my runner ups in no specific order at all. I didn't bother trying to order these um are <laughs> Ernest saves christmas which has always 
being a voting option. Like it's obviously yeah. something that you've held dear and I've been yeah. very curious about it. Yeah, if you've never seen it, I recommend it. Even okay. if you're not an Ernest fan, it is mm. it it stands it stands pretty solid as a Christmas film. Okay. Um okay. the first The Santa Claus. Oh okay. it is the best of the Santa Claus movies. Um, it's the more adult takes itself a little more seriously. The humor is a little more adult oriented. Um, and it's just good. It's iconic. And I, you know, how much more Christmas magic can you get than a guy that, you know, takes over the job of Santa and has to convince the other adults that, you know, he's not crazy and that he is actually, Hmm. you know, even though he himself is finding it hard to believe Mm-hmm. He is Santa Claus. So hmm. that's on there. Uh, Home Alone 2. Oh, for, right, because it didn't make your top five, right? It didn't make my top five. Yeah. Um, yep. But Home Alone 2, for all the same reasons, I think what nudges it out, honestly, is is the, the like, it being thrown into the realm of, okay, this is no longer feasible <laughs> because of that electrocution scene. Right? Like, it's such a black mark. Yeah. On an otherwise amazing film, right? Yeah, it, dri- it drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. It's the um, it's the Christmas party you're at, and someone takes a joke too far, and then everyone yeah. feels uncomfortable, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, okay, just, come on, you know. I, I even bought fun. it. Like his hair puffs up at first, and you're like, okay, that's a little tacky, but I'm I'm still there <laughs> sure. for it. And then he's just a skeleton with an afro, <laughs> and you're like, what's happening? What are we doing? Why? Here? Explain what are we doing? to me. What, like, his what clothes haven't caught fire, but his skin has disintegrated. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, then I have uh, Michael Keaton's Jack Frost movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Which I will admit, having watched it as an adult, it's not great. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's not a great film. But even though it's not great, it's it is if you if you kind of just like suspend the looking for a good film part of you mm. um it is it'll it'll if you let it it will really tug on the heartstrings right it's dealing with the the loss of his dad and and having to let go and like it it strangely it follows strangely hear me out i mm-hmm. assume you've seen it i don't think i have i've maybe started it i vaguely okay. remember some michael keaton bits of it it's kind of like a weird silly christmasy version of ghost like it hits a lot of the same beats (laughs) that ghost does oh someone who dies at the beginning of the film but doesn't like kind of sticks around in some capacity and then at the end of the film needs to move on and and sort of pass into the light huh interesting i I would write if you haven't seen it sure it's worth at least one watch i mean it's michael keaton right yeah (laughs) that in and of itself gets you some points um but there's that then there's, um, these last two are kind of just like clumped together. It's like, it's sort sure. of a broad, sort of like what your, your office and Fraser thing mm. was. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. it's the, the 1970s and 1960s claymation Christmas stuff. So mm. the year without a Santa Claus, Rudolph oh, the Red-Nosed okay. Reindeer, yep. Santa Claus is coming to town. Sure. Um, those... Yeah, they're just so, you know, you'd be flipping through channels at Christmas and you come across it and yep. and you're a monster if you keep channel surfing. Right? Like it's <laughs> yep. it's it's they're just 
And again, it's something that should be watched like within a the couple of days leading up to Christmas. Mm. Right? Like it, yep. it's not an early December thing. No, no, no. Right? It's a right close to Christmas, okay, the magic is building kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, I've just got some, again, so mine, very similar to yours, I have TV specials, um, mm. but mine aren't the same as yours. Again, this is a childhood-centric list. So these sure. are things like um, the Garfield Christmas, and mm. the there's like a couple of Flintstones Christmas episodes, which oh. I didn't grow up watching the Flintstones. Right. Yeah, I didn't grow up watching the Flintstones, but I grew up watching the Flintstones Christmas ones. Yes. Right, where like Fred's got to take over for Santa because Santa's injured or something. Yeah, he like breaks his leg on the roof or something. Yeah, and then there's another one where they're like putting on, there's like a, a, a Flintstones Christmas Carol episode, right, where they're putting on like a stage adaptation of it and to me to me that's the superior of the two but they're both both solid yeah so those those to me in the garfield one and and stuff like that so those sort of like childhood 80s 90s animation mostly 80s um yeah cartoon christmas tv specials special yeah very cool yeah so those are my lists those are my lists those are your lists um, Those are good lists. I want to hear the listeners' list. Yes. Having heard yeah. yours, I'm like, yeah, that's great, but we can do better than than something that mentions <laughs> Die Hard. Um, <laughs> hey. Yeah, if we're going to throw non-Christmas movies into Christmas <laughs> lists, then, you know, anarchy's afoot. We might as well throw out the eggnog and start making margaritas. Like, I, I you know. And the heated debate continues. If you want to shit all over the holidays, that's that's... <laughs> That's your prerogative. Do, Just leave me out of it. Oh, will do no such thing. Uh, what'd you watch this week, man? Okay. Um, looking back at my list here, I've got a bit of a backlog. So, you know, I'm going to come across as a bit of a Grinch because neither of the two things I'll talk about are Christmas related, but they are still things I watch. So I will talk about them. Uh, the first thing is I continue the Tom Cruise filmography journey that I am just trying to discern, okay, what movies of his are good? Do I like him as an actor or, you know, I I do like him in certain movies. So where does the switch turn on and off and, you know, where, where do I like him? Where do I not? Trying to get a finger on the pulse. I watched- Was this this inspired by having just done Mission Impossible? No, I've in been on. Way? No, it's it started with Top Gun too, and I've or, and I've just been slowly like one here, one there, kind of watching, watching, watching. So not right. not all in a close period of time, but it's I've got a list, and I'm like slowly scratching ones off. Okay, that's fair. But I watched 1993's The Firm, and essentially Tom Cruise is a young girl, lung, bleh, young, a young lawyer. girl. <laughs> Like I you know, said, he wants an Oscar. Give the, yeah, I was just going to say, give this man an Oscar. <laughs> or at least a Golden Globe, I mean. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, he plays a young lawyer, and he joins a prestigious law firm. Uh, but then things don't turn out to be what they seem. You know, uh, different members of the firm go missing, and it turns out maybe this firm has some secrets that... Uh, Tom Cruise isn't supposed to know, or at least uh, isn't supposed to talk about. And so it's an interesting film where he, you know, he's caught between 
being caught in a, between a rock and a hard place, but also having his morals of, you know, if I blow a lid on something, I might lose my license and I might do this and I might do that. And how do I balance this predicament and my relationship with my wife? I enjoyed it. It's based on a book. For some reason, there's a Tom Cruise movie that's based on a true story. And I thought this was it. And I went, wow, what a crazy true story. And then I did like one minute of Googling and I'm like, yeah, that was not the firm. My bad. Uh, But it was still a fun, fun story uh, based on a Grisham novel, I believe. But it's got Gene Hackman. It's got Ed Harris. It's got David Stray, as it would be pronounced, I guess, Straytham, Straythern, um, and Wilford Brimley. Wait, who? Jason Statham? No, David oh. Straytharn, I think it oh, is. Okay, well, he it played, would have been better in, with Jason Statham. I'm just he saying. has not in that. He, he plays, the, the actor I'm talking about is in The Bourne Ultimatum. He's kind of an antagonist in that. But Wilford okay. Brimley was in this. And this film is how I found out Wilford Brimley was actually an actor and not just in diabetes commercials on TBS. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the, the firm, I enjoyed it. And I didn't mind Tom Cruise. I wouldn't say he's in his best, but I enjoyed this film. And I gave it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. It was a good film. I enjoyed wow. it. I mean, it was heavily, you know, pumped up by Tom Cruise and my somewhat appreciation for him. And the 90s nostalgia. So those things worked for me. Um, and then the other thing I watched this week was a much newer film about a much older event. Uh, I watched 2022's German film, all, or yeah, German film, all quiet on the Western front, the remake of the 1930s, somewhere in there, uh, original. And, uh, it was produced and actually starred, uh, Daniel, Brule, I think his name is, and I recognize him from, he's in the Barn Ultimatum, and he's in Inglorious Bastards. Um, but it was an interesting movie, obviously about the First World War, about a group of German boys, and um, you know how they join and they enlist with pride and with uh, a sense of purpose uh, to serve their country and, and earn the honor of their loved ones. And, you know, is uh, is the age-old tale of this horrific war was you know it was not a glorious thing it was not a fun thing it was horrid where countless 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 like thousands upon thousands of people were dying and just in horrendous ways and you know uh i guess in a nutshell i thought this film was good it was uh appropriate in conveying the horrors of war and they actually had some very stylistic ways of doing some sequences that uh specifically an opening sequence with some uniforms of soldiers that were uh taken from deceased soldiers and then recycled and given to new soldiers and just kind of the kind of the just the horrors of the attrition of the war and just uh very cyclical nature of it and you know just some iconic kind of neat uh, some ways they told the story were interesting and, and, and fascinating, but I ended up giving it just a six out of 10. I, within the last six months, I've watched 1917 again, and I do appreciate both films. I do appreciate films portraying World War One because that's a war that I feel is not on a lot of film, uh, or on a lot, in a lot of film, and it's kind of underrepresented. And I just felt 1917, I just visually, I think I enjoyed it more. Not just talking about the, you know, the one long sequence and the acclaim that came with that, but I think just visually, 
um, like set set and and costume design and and like color tones and and camera angles of certain shots and and specifically like the nighttime visuals of, of flares at night. Visually, 1917, I think just kind of was stuck in my mind, and this movie didn't quite live up to it. So it was fine. It was a good film, you know, it was respectable, but I think it just fell a little bit short of 1917. So I gave 1917 a seven, so this had to get a six. So still an interesting film, still one of those ones that you scratch your head and go, wow, what a horrific time for for a lot of people. And um, yeah, it was an interesting view regardless. Um, What did you watch this week? Um, some Christmas things and I'm, I'm, I, I don't often do this, but I am going to list some things that I watched for the podcast. Um, Please. I watched, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yes. And I think I gave it like a nine out of 10. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was big. It was big. And yeah. good. I mean, it's Kevin Bacon. You know, gonna, <laughs> he exists in the universe. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, oh, so I watched that uh, last night. We went to go see Violent Night, the David Harbor, Santa Claus, violent murder gore fest. Interesting. Yep. Review of that to come. So I'm not going <laughs> to yeah give away too much. I'm not going to drop the eggs on that just yet. Hmm. Uh, that's a new saying I just came up with. Um, <laughs> I watched Spirited, as I mm. have alluded to. Yes. Yep. Um, I watched the animated Star Wars film, The Clone Wars. Oh. Yeah, like I don't the, recommend. So, sorry, say that again. The, the act, animated like the film. So there's, like, so, there's the television show. Oh, but, oh, but oh. But okay. preluding the television show, there's, like, a a like 90 minute oh pilot basically oh it's a 90 minute pilot that got a theatrical release back in the day oh uh and um much to people's disappointment if you treat it as a 90 minute episode of the show sure it's not garbage okay if you paid 10 bucks Mm. to go see it as a star wars film you were sorely disappointed Um, correct me if i'm wrong I have not seen that animated series, but it is pretty well received overall, is it not? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I it, would say so. It's a show. That's it's a show. The impression I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then following such, I've started working through the show. Um, okay. So yep. I'm a good chunk of the way through season one. Um, it, them being like 21, 22 minute episodes, it's pretty mm. easy to like knock a couple out in a day. Yep. Um. And yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting. It's a it's a the early Clone Wars, like the series, ultimately, and this is like well known because it was a big deal. The series is ultimately going to wrap up with like Order sixty six and stuff that was going on at the time, um, hmm. and that's something that really interests me. The early and sort of mid years of the Clone Wars, mm. uh, I don't care a whole lot um but it is still fun and it's giving a lot of backstory to stuff that hmm. i was otherwise unfamiliar with or knew like there's a lot of things from the show that i know right like the sure. fact that darth maul doesn't actually die 
in right. the Phantom Menace, and he, yeah. he gets robotic legs and stuff like that. That was a revelation of the Clone Wars series, right. um, which is which is wild. I mean, which is wild. Like. I, I you know, but so I haven't. Well, I mean, Palpatine survived, right? Um, yeah. So this isn't like it's something that I haven't seen yet. I haven't gotten to that part of the show, and something that I've never seen in the show. Um, but was something that I was aware of. So kind of now mm. going through and being like, okay, let's get caught up and, and actually see the how and the why and the, the you know, sort of the ripple effect of these events. Um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been yes. fun. So that's it. I think that's, I think that's it. Very cool. That's all I've watched. Pretty sure. It's <laughs> um, a respectable list of things. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the ever onslaught of like, random useless mind-numbing youtube videos and whatever else <laughs> his one does. so uh yeah so wrap this up for us sir sure well thank you for joining us thank you for tuning in we appreciate it and like brady said uh if you weigh in on your top five or top so however many christmas films let us know if there's some overlap with us let us know if we're, you're completely different we want to hear from you um we also want you to like follow subscribe check out our social links links below uh, give us a good rate and review wherever you listen to us. We do really appreciate it. And uh, check out our Patreon page. It's ways for you to get bonus content, whether that be uh, the occasional uh, video stream of uh, special occurring episodes of ours, whether it be uh, inputs on vote options, whether it be increased voting power. Um, we do uh, just appreciate those that help support the show. Thank you to our existing patrons. And thank you for those who are considering joining our Patreon and until next episode, which will probably be news-related, I'm assuming, but we do have some fun Christmas stuff coming up. All kinds of it. Yes. I mean, not really, but... Well, some. Some. There's some. There's some coming. Some yeah. Coming. <laughs> and some National Treasure coming. Yeah. And some Avatar coming. Oh, I should have put National Treasure on my top five. You should have. Watch it's it every Christmas late. morning. It's too late. Before it's we open late. gifts, we have to watch it every year. I mean, really, if you want to talk about like holiday Christmas, you know, like <laughs> Star Wars always came out around Christmas. Yeah. Um, Didn't Lord funny of the Rings. Enough, with Nicolas Cage, there's a, there's a Nicolas Cage movie that is a Christmas movie, and it's called like The Family Man or something, where he he's like kind of this corporate stooge, and he's a jerk, and then he wakes up one morning and then it turns out he actually did marry his high school sweetheart and he's got like kids in a minivan or something like that and i watched it once and i thought it was meh but uh don't you watch don't you watch lord of the rings every christmas not every christmas but i try to yeah is that is that in the cards i don't sure? know if it is just because we recently reviewed them so i'm not sure. like i it, it i'm probably open to it happening but i i have no imminent plans yet but uh it is a fun seasonal tradition for sure yeah well you know how much more christmas magic do you get 